Hey, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Russ Rants Podcast. Seriously, I appreciate it. If you're wondering what this podcast is all about, really, it's, it's about you. It's for you. It's about having conversations with ordinary people and yet hearing their extraordinary stories. It's a platform that hopefully challenges you to challenge yourself to change and improve. Without further ado, here's the rant. Enjoy. Hello, everybody. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, whatever time it is. Thank you so much for coming back for another episode of the Russ Rants Podcast. It is almost Christmas. This is crazy, and I know that it kind of can be taboo that I'm doing an episode just before, but, 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 I have such a great reason for it. I don't know if it's the universe or fate itself, but something has just been playing along this theme of we're not going to end 2020 on a whimpering, whimpering, wounded note. We're going to end it with triumph. We're going to end it with hope and perseverance, and we're going to crush 2021. Uh, and I just want to welcome you again. We've got a special guest, a fantastic guest. I'm so grateful that she made contact. I'm so grateful that she offered to be a guest on this episode because she's got quite a message and quite a story for you. This week's guest is the CEO of a nonprofit organization called Katie's Mission, and her mission is to end the stigma around mental health and prevent suicide. After attempting suicide herself and losing her sister and mother to suicide, my guest has decided to turn her mess into her message. She's also a certified master life coach and NLP practitioner. I would like to welcome to the Russ Rants podcast for the very first time, Kim Ward. Kim, thank you so much for being a guest on the episode today. I'm so glad to have you. Are you kidding? What an honor. Oh my gosh. Russ Rants. I love it. And I'm <laughs> so happy that you use the word taboo because I feel like everything that I talk about um, kind of fits that taboo category. So I'm anxious to see what unfolds here today. Mm, no, absolutely. And, and like I said, it, this has just been such a, a wonderful serendipitous kind of arrangement. So Kim reached out, uh, I think kind of some through some mutual uh, mailing letters or, or email chains we had, uh, which is so great. And her story, you guys, you're going to be blown away. Um, but yes, Kim, just, just again, to touch on that, uh, for all of you guys listening, maybe you guys caught last week's episode, Take It Back. Um, we've I, I kind of had this thing sitting in my gut over the last few weeks leading up to Christmas. Um, just due to some changes in adversity we're even going through here in Canada, obviously the United States, they're going through tons of chaos as well. All around the world, we've got a pandemic. So Kim has got a phenomenal story. And as I just introduced, Kim, you, you've got a, a, a very, like you said, it, it, it's, a, it's a deep, uh, it's a heavy topic. But you're fighting for hope. You're fighting for victory in it. So I would love to lay the floor bare for you. Mm -hmm. uh, I want you to take the floor, Kim, and just give us a, a bit of your story uh, or as much as it as you want. And we're going to go further into kind of what you're passionate about and what you're doing today, if that's OK with you. Absolutely. I am an open book for you and for your amazing listeners. And um, as I said to you before we started recording, you know, one thing that I've learned through all of my challenges and adversity is that what we experience and the circumstances, the events, and sometimes even the people in mm -hmm. life are very much a season for mm -hmm. us. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of my bigger messages is that suicide is preventable. Mm -hmm. And I will leave you with this before I get into my story. But yes. Um, many people who do, uh, you know, die by suicide, they don't really actually want to end their life or die. They want to get out of their situation, away from their pain, away from their problems. And suicide is a very uh, permanent decision to a temporary problem. Of course. 
course. So here we are with the pandemic and with everything that you said before Christmas. And it is serendipitous. I just, it was on my heart to reach out to you. And Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. after we discuss my story, um, if you can't see that there is hope in that it is a season then I have done a very disservice here today. <laughs> I highly doubt. I think you're already full of fire. And it, there's no doubt in my mind that we're going to hopefully give some people. And again, just to clarify, this is not to just bring it down here before Christmas. You guys are rolling your eyes. Not that you ever do. Thank you so much for your support. But this is the opposite. This is to, even if you're feeling down, Russell, I'm not feeling suicidal. Maybe someone is. And and Kim, hopefully, is going to also share with you guys uh, how you can be a support to those around you. So, I love it, Kim. Absolutely. Um, take it away if you desire. Just give us some backstory on how, obviously, you're very passionate about this, but you I have am. very personal reasons as to why. Uh, where did this all start, if you don't mind me asking? Believe it or not, when I was eight years old, now I'm going back 30 years, um, mm. I, that was the first time I realized how truly dysfunctional my life was and my upbringing was. Um, I was the oldest of four children, And my mom was a single mom with four kids by the time she was 25. Whoa. Um, Yeah. So my memories recall um, never really eating at home. So the only time my siblings and I got to eat was when we were at school. And what I do remember is lots of friends. And I don't mean mine. I mean my mom's um, friends over for campfires and drinking and lots of drinking And I don't have many memories of my mom being sober. Um, So when I was eight, she would write a letter and it said, to whom it may concern, please allow my daughter Kimberly to purchase my cigarettes. But she would give me our food stamps and I would walk. Absolutely. And I don't know if anyone recalls and I realize I'm dating myself and I'm so okay with that. But the best that I can describe it is it was like monopoly money. It was colored money. Right, right. And I would carry this note with a $5 bill and I would walk. And, and at this point, I don't even know the distance. It could have been a mile. It could have been half a mile. Um, it wasn't right around the corner. And at eight years old, I would take this letter. I would take the food stamps and I would walk to the store and hand the clerk all of those uh, items and they would give me a brown paper bag with my mother's cigarettes and a little bit of change. And I turned around and I bought some penny candy and I would walk home and eat my penny candy, just kicking rocks. And that was my start of quote normalcy. Wow. And I really didn't realize how totally effed up and dysfunctional things were. Right. Right. Well, from your perspective, right. You didn't know any better. It's just, this is my little job and my little reward. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Exactly. And so as, you know, as I grew a little bit older, um, I learned how to push my chair up to the stove and I cooked macaroni and cheese and fried dough. And that's what we ate. That's what became more normal. Um, I was bathing my two-year-old brother and giving him a bath and putting him to bed at the age of eight. So it was just dysfunction piled onto dysfunction. And there were different men in and out of our home and they would generally... Uh, and quite frequently carry my mother up the stairs and put her to bed because she was so obliterated that she had passed out and they had to put her in bed and lock up the house and leave us alone. So for all intents and purposes, I became a mom when I was eight years old. Oh, wow. wow. Well, the dysfunction continued. And, you know, by the time I was 16, I was done. I mean, I was done. I had nowhere to turn. 
I couldn't get out of this dysfunction and I didn't know what to do. So I made a very, very big girl decision that I would end my life. And at that time, um, my mother had a, a man by the name of Tom. Um, he was my stepfather. But at this point, he had actually made the decision to adopt us because wow. he saw how dysfunctional things were. And he wanted to become our legal guardian so that we had some kind of I don't know, parental guidance or permanent anything in our life. Foundation. Yes, that's a perfect word. And I remember just hating my mom so much. We would have fist fights and no one would stop them. They're like, oh, this is normal for them. They'll they'll kiss and make up. They'll get over it. And now that I am a mother, I can look back and go, what the hell? Yeah, (laughs) no kidding. So um, I decided to... um, end my life. And I thought no one's going to find me. And when they do, I'll be dead. So I really don't care. But it didn't work out that way. Um, My father was the one to find me. And he threw me in the car and raced me to the local emergency room. And I actually get goosebumps right here because they told him, if you had been here just five minutes later, she would be dead. Wow. And I remember glimpses of that night. It's just like watching a movie where my eyes would go in and out and I would see little pieces of the night and I'd be unconscious again. And they were pumping my stomach and I woke up the next day with tubes down my nose into my stomach and DCF um, sitting at my bedside. (laughs) So they asked me, did you want to lose weight or were you looking to kill yourself? And I was just mad. I don't know if I was just angry with the stupidity of that question or if I was mad that I survived. Mm. I don't know. But I answered a little bit of both. And I thought, Kim, what kind of stupid response is that? Why would I say that? So long story short, um, they diagnosed me as having bipolar uh, depression. Mm. And they transferred me to a long-term facility in a psychiatric unit. And that was for all intents and purposes, uh, a joke. I was basically sitting really? on the table by myself most of the day or, mm. or sitting in art class just to fill time and, and push time. Um, but honestly, I don't recall how long I was there. It could have been three weeks. It could have been three months. I don't know. Um, oddly enough, when they decided I was well enough to go home, uh, you know, my mother drove me home and I'm like, ah, you were the one person I was trying to get away from I don't want to be in this car with you. And, you know, she pulled over on the side of the road to try to talk to me and and for the first time in her life, be a parent. And I was like, no, who are you joking? We're not having this conversation. And I actually asked her to put me back into the psych ward. That's how desperately I wanted to get away. Wow. Wow. And of course, the answer was no. Right. So I started to go down a rabbit hole. I started at the age of 16 drinking alcohol doing drugs. And I don't even recognize that person. But that was my outlet. And so I don't think it's, um, you know, you don't need a crystal ball to see what happens next. But I dropped out of high school. And I found myself pregnant at the age of 17. Hmm. So Hmm. I just thought, well, things can't get worse. But I will tell you, if it weren't for my son, I don't know where I would be. I ended up becoming a mom when I was 18 and that boy just flipped a switch in me. 
I immediately went and got a full-time job. I got my GED and then I went to the local college and said, what courses can I take here to get my life in action? Because I'm not going to be a statistic. I'm not going to live off the government. I'm not going to be my mother. And I will tell you that I got um, my college certification in the medical field and I went and got uh, my first big girl job and I did so well that I ended up promoting very, very quickly in my company. And so by the time I was 24, I had already promoted to uh, phlebotomy manager. So I was running a large clinical laboratory for the entire New England business unit. And they wanted me to continue to promote within the company. But of course, I needed some college degrees to do so. Right. So they offered, if you go to school, we're going to pay for your degrees. And no I got way, it. Kim. Come on. <laughs> yes. So I ended up getting, um, I started with my associates just to make sure that I could handle the full-time job with the children and the family. And right. um, I ended up going and getting as far as my bachelor's degree and my company paid for it. So, Talk about a 180. Okay. <laughs> so life is great. I can't tell you enough. Um, life is great. We're on the right track. Um, I was now pregnant with my second child and I was expecting a little girl and things started to change a little bit. Um, my sister, who was just my best friend, she's my only sister. We had two boys and two girls. Um, she called me and said that, hey, you know, I'm going in the army. And I thought, well, damn, that's a that's a rough decision, but I wish you the best of luck. And she ended up just spreading her wings and finding her true passion. Um, And I don't say this just because she was my sister, but she would give the shirt off of her back to a complete stranger. That is the type of person that she was. And I think you could tell at this point, by the way, I'm talking past tense that she's passed. Um, What had happened is that my sister ended up uh, making the decision that she was gay. She was gay. And back wow. then we had the don't ask, don't tell policy here in the United States. And that meant that you could not be gay and serve openly in our military. That's right. That's right. So my sister being the bulldog that she is, um, she went fast and furious in the military. She went airborne. She became a military police officer. She was doing the damn thing and she was so good at it. And she wanted to make it her career. She was going uh, life, you know, in the army. And one day she got into an altercation with a woman in her barracks and kind of as payback, that woman said, well, I'm going to rat you out. So she ended up telling on my sister and telling the powers that be that my sister was gay. So at that point, they did break protocol and they asked my sister, are you gay? And her thinking, well, that doesn't change who I am as a person. Or what I've done. Right. It doesn't change who I am as a soldier. I'm basically proving that I'm fighting for this country and that I'm here to stay and whatever. Uh, Well, they gave her honorable discharge. Oh, my gosh. So they released her from the Army. She got to stay on the medical benefits and other benefits, but it absolutely destroyed her. I can't imagine. So... She started working in the corrections facility nearby Um, with her honorable discharge. She was able to still have a a pretty decent job for her line of work, but she fought like hell to get back in. And she ended up going in front of a panel. I believe it was Congress, and I might be misspeaking here because I'm not sure, but it was a panel of decision makers. And they said they heard her story and they let her know, look, okay, 
we're going to give you our, our decision uh, within about 30 days via the U.S. mail. So she waited for that letter every day. And the day that it finally came, I mean, if you're waiting to get into like your most precious college and you had your life set on that, that's the only adrenaline rush that I could compare it yeah. to. Fair. Uh, she called me and opened a letter and it stated, and I quote, homosexuality is not tolerated in the United States military. <sighs> At the age of 22, my sister decided to take her own life. Jeez. So that's where my story really began. And that was my first experience with loss and having it being my only sister who I felt that I did a very big part in raising her and celebrating her life. Um, that was, that's really, not just a sister, right? It was hard. It was really hard. And of course I'm pregnant with my little girl. So I'm trying to be healthy and mentally stable and raise a baby. Uh, but it was so effed up and so jacked up that we all had to fly to Florida because she was born in Florida. So that's where we decided to have her services. And my mom kind of wanted to bring her home. So just the morbid thoughts and the things that were going through my head as I got on a flight to fly, all I could play is my sister's body getting on another flight and flying to Florida. And it really, really wreaked havoc on my mental health and kind of sanity. Um, so we, we got to Florida. We ended up sitting around this funeral home table and no one really had the money, right? When you lose some, loss sucks, right, Russell? Like yeah, loss yeah, sucks. Yeah, yeah. Any, but when it's suicide, whew, you're trying to answer these questions and you're left with emotions and you're in shock and this trauma and it's like, what just happened? You're not financially ready to take on that either. So we, are, as a family, we had to make the decision to cremate my sister because it was cheaper sure. than burying her. And that royally pissed me off. I was not okay with that. So I'm like, okay, well, we did the services. Everybody returned home. I, I gave birth to a healthy baby girl and life continued, but it was never the same. Um, not too long after my sister had passed and everyone kind of went back to their own lives, I received a phone call from a hospital in Florida. This is where my mother was living and um, the rest of my siblings at this point. I decided to stay in the Massachusetts area. And the nurse said, we have your mom. We don't think she's going to make it. Um, if she does, she's probably going to be a vegetable. Oh and I thought, gosh. what the hell are you talking about? What do you mean? What's going on? Well, mom had a suicide attempt of her own. And the way she decided to do it caused an extensive liver and kidney damage. And at this point, they felt maybe some brain damage. So she was intensive care unit. And they said, well, we'll just see how it goes. Well, they were able to stabilize mom. And lo and behold, I don't remember, maybe a week, maybe two weeks. It's just all a blur. Um, she was released home. Well, the night that she was sent home, she went onto Facebook, letting the world know that she was going to kill herself because she failed the first time. And she did the same exact thing that she had done a couple of weeks prior. And so I wish I was joking with you because this sounds like a bad dream, but I got a call from the same friggin' intensive care unit, the same nurse, just several weeks later. 
And she said, Kim, I can't believe I'm calling you, but we have your mom. We don't think she's going to make it, but if she does, she's going to be a vegetable. And I was at work. I had a very, you know, executive level career. I couldn't just leave. I couldn't lose my control or my emotion. And I just taken bereavement from my sister. There was nothing I could do at this point. So I remember just falling to the floor and saying, I don't even care anymore. What, what can I do? Yep. Well, they, they got her stabilized and this time they sent her to a longer term facility. Um, so she went through some therapy and counseling and she was put on antidepressants and released. So believe it or not, I think she finally snapped and said, okay, I've got to get my together. I'm obviously not going to die. So let's get through this life, whatever that means. And around this time, um, my marriage was just going to hell. I had realized I have been married to a narcissist. I've been in this relationship for 10 years and all of the red flags finally started clicking for me. And I said, oh boy. So I made a decision at the age of 30. I needed to be around my family. There's been too much dysfunction. I feel like the mom. It's time for me to be a mom to my own mother and help her get her life in order. Oh my so goodness. I left my husband. I filed for divorce. I gave a two-week notice to my job that I had now been with for 10 years. And I uprooted my entire life and moved to Florida from New England. So change after change after change. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Woo, okay. So I will tell you, um, I did meet the absolute man of my dreams. I am married in a very healthy um, relationship. This man is just my best support system, oh. my rock. Um, he's lieutenant with fire rescue in South Florida. Yes. So it's like, it's the happy ending. Hmm. So um, my brother, you know, he got married. He finally got married. I'm now married again. And now I'm expecting my second daughter. This is my third child, but my second daughter. And Whatever, is- Kim. Congratulations. Thank right? you. That's nice. And it's a blessing. Things, everyone's happy. Everything is great. Life is great. Hmm. So Christmas day, we had the best time as a family. For the first time in my life, I can say with all honesty, mom wasn't drunk. She decided to stay sober, to enjoy the day. The gifts were sentimental. Everybody was laughing and really just enjoying each other's company. Right. And then three days later, I got that call one more time. Kim, your mother did X, Y, Z. And so I got into my car. My husband got into the car with me. And we hauled ass to my mother's house, which was about 20 minutes away. All I saw was blue lights and there's just police everywhere. They're just canvassing the area. And I looked at my husband and I'm just yelling, where's the ambulance? Why aren't they here? What the hell is taking so long? They could save her. And he just put his arms on me and he said, babe, they're not here because they don't need them. They're not coming. And I thought there's no effing way this is happening to me again. This can't happen. And I never really mourned the loss of my mother. Uh, She decided to kill herself in her living room. And once they had canvassed the area just to make sure it wasn't a homicide or there was no funny business and they did rule it as a suicide and she did leave a suicide note and she had the weapon of choice there on her side. Um, They actually let me in to see her body. And I was eight months pregnant with my second daughter at this moment. And I stood over her body and I just said, you really did it this time. 
and I couldn't shed a tear. And I walked out and I just waited for the local morgue to show up and get the gurney and take my mother away. And I thought, well, I'm the last one. I'm the last female in this family. And I said, I want to raise my baby. I don't want anyone else to raise my baby. And that, that decision was made like, I'm not going back to work. I don't care what it takes. I'm not going back to work. And I found entrepreneurship. I know that's a broad statement, but I was willing to do whatever I had to do to make money and to work around my family's needs. And so believe it or not, that landed me a, a spot as a contestant on a reality show. <laughs> <laughs> no way. Come on. I swear to God. So I said, okay. So I was just a straight up hustler on this reality show. Out of 50 contestants, I made it to the third global finalist. Come on. And I did. I did. It's called Play to Win. Um, and I, even though I didn't pull off the big win which I was really mad at myself for because I had such high expectations. Hmm. I really learned the meaning of the word value hmm. and being, well, really showing up bigger. What does that mean? So I, I lost, right? I drove home and I'm bawling my eyes out. And I'm like, Kim, you loser. You can't even do this, right? Like I was being really hard on myself. Sure, sure. But we learn not in the moment. We really learn in reflection. So once the tears dried and I put on the happy music, I'm thinking, holy crap, I don't know what happened, but it was placed on my heart. I have a story that I don't know if anyone else has. I am an attempt survivor. I lost my gay sister to suicide. Wow. I lost my mother to suicide. And I need to show up bigger for the people who need me because if I can prevent you and your loved ones from getting those phone calls, or if I can help your family when you're sitting around a funeral home table wondering how you're gonna pay for this, I'm gonna be that person for you. And that's how Katie's mission was born. And, and forgive me for maybe stating the obvious, but Katie is your sister's name? Yes, yep, mm. absolutely. Mm. Wow, wow. And so, I mean, right now, obviously, here you are sitting, years later and incredible how it literally your whole life up to that point was a never ending pressure cooker <laughs> of was. compounding adversity. You've got, you've got your, your sister's journey. You're so happy. But I mean, even before that, your childhood and, and you were essentially the caretaker leader of mm -hmm. your family. Uh, and then watching your, your sister's rise and then unfortunate fall, but it wasn't her fall, you know? Right. And, and then, and then the mom, uh, your mom and, and kind of unfortunately her, her tumultuous journey um, with, with even Katie's mission and, and what you're doing even right now, Kim, um, I know that a lot of people right now, the temptation would be to compare or immediately dismiss how they're feeling. Sure. Right. Right. Like, oh, Ross, come on. Like, that's I'm not, I'm not Kim. I mean, good for her. She's she's a hero. But I mean, come on. I, I don't have that much to complain about. Yeah, I might have lost my job um, or I can't see my friends and family right now. Uh, and I was just telling uh, Kim um, that, you know, here in Canada, we can't see our family outside of our immediate household. Many of us uh, maybe single parents. Right. You, you you have no one else. You have your kid, it's you, or you're by yourself. Um, you know, I, I just want to quickly address, and I, I'll even let you, Kim, speak to it, but I think with mental health 
suicide prevention, the temptation is to dismiss your thoughts until it's almost too late where they, they take advantage of you. They spin you down that spiral. Um, don't dismiss yourself. Um, but Kim, how would you speak to that for anyone listening right now who's kind of wrestling with that? Am I there? I don't think I would get there. Am I there? Like, have you ever wrestled with that with any of the people you've worked with at all that kind of don't think they're going down that path? I don't know if I'm even crudely mentioning it. If I'm botching this, forgive me, but no, I love it. You're right on point because yes, the answer is yes. And I've also had that myself, you know, um, we were talking before the show, everything is relative. And, and our lives, I mean, here we are in this pandemic, which I don't think we've seen to this magnitude before in history. No, no, We're no. climbing up walls. I mean, there's been moments where I'm ready to just scratch my own face off because I'm like, oh, what on. can we really do here? Come on. We need mm-hmm. uh, uh, each other. We need people. We need love. We need we need nature. Um, so one thing that I will say to that is that when when that moment of like, okay, do I want to die? That suicidal thought comes in. Suicide is not the decision of one thing. So if you have, you know, the job, you maybe you were let go, or maybe you just had a bad breakup, or maybe whatever the thing is for you, right, right, that's not going to be a deciding factor of do I kill myself, but it's a combination of all of the stress compounding, sure, right. So that breakup or that job loss that might be now kind of the icing on the cake for you. That was just like I just can't handle anymore. So that's why it is so imperative to really focus on self-care. And of course, that means so many different things, reading a book, getting out into nature. And we'll talk a little bit about what Katie's mission is doing. So whether you're in the United States or whether you're in Canada, you can plug into any of our events so that you get that community and you get that feeling of like, wow, I belong to something. Because when we lack fulfillment or purpose, that's when a lot of those kind of negative emotions creep in uh, or limiting beliefs. And many, many times when something pops into your head, we choose to really take that to like next level and turn it into a story. And that's all it is, is really just a story. So when we break that apart, and that's kind of my job as a life coach, when we break that apart and look at what is, it's really not as bad as we make it out to be. Hmm. And I think that's powerful because again, I, I, I know that for me, my personality, I'm a comparer, right? I, I'm an assessor where I, I, for example, would take your story and be like, I'm, I'm definitely not there. So since I'm not there, I must be okay. Which I know it sounds really stupid or almost like uh, self-absorbed if, if it's in the wrong context. It's, it's totally inaccurate. I love how you at least touch on, Hey guys, it doesn't matter what your life has has encountered. I mean, yours, I would like to say in a good way, uh, and just how powerful your message is and, and your personality, Kim, um, that's the pendulum swing pretty heavy, right? Yeah. Like that's 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 dire. And I, I know that you, you you acknowledge that and yet you're hopeful now, you're building with Katie's mission, so powerful. But again, I, I want to address to people that it could be something as simple, like Kim said, where it's it's just a few things one after the other. And you're like, I know for me, I beat myself up when I'm feeling discouraged. Because I'm like, you have no reason to complain. You've got a wife, you've got kids, you've got a great job, you live in this great country, blah, 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 blah. And then if anything, it does the exact opposite and doesn't dig you out of that hole, it buries you further. That's quicksand, man. That is self-perpetuated quicksand. Absolutely. And so let me, I'm going to give you again the floor, even as an expert life coach, NLP. By the way, I want you to break it down for people too what NLP is, because I think it's incredible. Um, 
but I, I want you to tell people how, if people are asking right now, how, Kim, how I can't shake this, or I don't even know if I'm feeling this way, but I don't dare want to get there, but I don't trust myself either. I've been in this apartment for four months. I don't know what to do. Cool. I'm going to leave you the floor. That's fair. So the first thing that I really want you to know is that it is okay to not be okay. And so many of us think like if we're stressed out or we have the anxiety rising or we're feeling maybe a little bit of depression, we choose to hold it in and do that, do that self-perpetuated quicksand because we're afraid of what somebody is going to think if we kind yes. of reach out for help. Absolutely. We're afraid of being judged. And I, that's where the communication needs to start. And that, so that's the first piece is ending the stigma. We have to have more conversation and, and, you know, just connection around it because half the time when you're just talking to someone and getting it off of your chest, you feel better. So holding it in is probably the worst thing that you can do. Now, talk therapy, which is kind of like what we're doing right now, right. it is 82% effective. So you, some look at that and say, well, it's only 82% effective, but some may say, damn, it's 82%. That's a lot. Effective. That's yeah. a good amount. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so get it off your chest. Talk to people. One really cool thing that I love to do is create an affirmation. So, and a lot of people, they may not know what an affirmation is, but that's Break it down, Kim. Come on. Yes. <laughs> an affirmation is when you state something um, in a real positive way that you can tie a positive emotion to it and you feel it internally. You feel it down to the fibers of your body. So if I say I'm waking up and feeling refreshed today, that is an affirmation. Where people kind of go wrong is they develop such crazy, you know, powerful affirmations. Your brain is smart. Your subconscious is even smarter. And it might say to you, oh, damn, Russell, you're just lying. You're not that. <laughs> you're not this. You're not who, are you, who are you kidding? And so what I want to encourage you to do is create an affirmation with an O. And that's basically the question form. So when I was feeling like a damn loser, like I had no self-worth, like I didn't know what I was doing with my life. I decided to wake up every morning and ask the universe, how can I show up more powerfully today? Wow. What started to happen is my brain was now working subconsciously to find the answer to that question. And I will tell you, I started to have, you know, my chin held a little higher, my shoulders back a little bit more. And I started to walk with purpose and that's what was lacking. So I encourage you to create a positive affirmation, just a question form with a positive outcome and watch the magic happen just right before your eyes. So baby steps then and crawling before you walk, if you're someone, not even like me or you, but what, what, what is, if someone's right now even scratching their head, like, okay, how, how can I show up more powerful today? Are there any other examples or are there any baby steps that you would even say, okay, if that's almost too far for your brain, are there any small things that you would say, this is a baby step to take, um, just to move your brain forward, kind of flexing a muscle there? Sure. So if I said to you right now, I want you to look around the room and I'm going to give you five seconds to find everything that you can find. That's the color blue and time I'm is up. I'm scrambling. Yeah. Okay. So maybe you found something or two, but if I said, now I'm going to give you 15 seconds just to generally look around your room and just see what you find. I've mm. now planted a seed in your head that the color blue is prevalent. So mm. without realizing it, the second time around, you're going to look around and find more blue objects that you didn't see the first time. So you're training your brain just like a muscle 
And so what I encourage you to do is look at what do you have to be grateful for today? Come on, Kim. Come on. It's so good. Come on. (laughs) So this is what, this is where gratitude comes in. And I'll be totally honest with you. There are times in my life where I didn't give a shit about feeling happy or grateful or having gratitude. So if you're in that position right now, I will ask you to download an app. May I give the app? I'm not affiliated. No, 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 no. Please give the app. Not an ad. Hashtag not an ad, but please give the app. Um, It's called the Mindfulness Bell. Mindfulness Bell. And the reason that I choose to use this personally and for my clients is because if you're in that spot where you just really don't give a damn, mm-hmm. this app is set to go off randomly throughout the day. And it's almost like a nice gong uh, sound. It's pretty cool. And when that gong goes off, that tells you that's a reminder to stop and just be mindful in the moment and look around and find something that you're truly grateful for. Now, Russell, Russ's rants, I will tell you. Yes, please. My gong has gone off when I was sitting on the toilet going potty. Mm -hmm, (laughs) And mm -hmm. I was grateful for toilet paper. Come on now. Come on now. (laughs) Good stuff. I like it. So I will tell you, you can retrain your brain and have some laugh, have some humor, enjoy the journey, enjoy the process. Because when you say, damn, I'm not Kim, there was a day that Kim wasn't Kim. That's right. That's right. I had to work so hard to have this level of mindfulness and gratitude and do the inner work. And it was not easy. So start with a gratitude uh, practice and then work your way up to an affirmation. Powerful, powerful. And and let me ask you this thing, because I don't want to get too far off on this segue, but I do think it's important, especially right now as you're getting into the meat of, of how to overcome. Because again, guys, this, uh, guys and gals, I'm working on my over-inclusive. I was raised in this whole guy's verbiage culture so forgive me but um uh people fam is what i like mm-hmm. to call them um w- the reason why we're doing this again why we're, we're so happy to have kim on here is because um whether or not this is your scenario i want awareness created because we are all in this together i know that some people mock that cliche catchphrase right now but what else can you say we are all in this pandemic all of us to a degree have had our lives turned upside down even maybe before the pandemic you were already wrestling with some items and things russell i'm not suicidal i'm not saying you necessarily were or are but maybe you are discouraged about your job and you feel stuck and you see no hope in sight maybe that mindfulness bell just helps you be like you know what i'm a perfectly capable and competent and confident human being maybe i can look for a different job or maybe i can try harder at my job to see what other holes i can do or self-promote or whatever i don't know um but the question i was going to ask you kim is let's say someone's listening right now they're like that's definitely not me man i am so grateful for my job i am the happiest most content person in the world but how do they recognize or support people in their circles that aren't? oh good question how, how do you have empathy for that Yeah. So the first thing to do is, you know, reach out and text someone, just shoot them a message and just say, Hey, how are you today? And if someone needs to talk, you have two ears for a reason. Like we said earlier, you know, talk therapy is 82% effective and most people just want to feel heard and they want to get it off their chest. So if you can be a good friend and simply listen, you've done a phenomenal job. You don't have to be a counselor. You're saying you just need to be available kind of and instigate. Absolutely. Yes. Poke and prod a little bit. And that's funny because in the Katie's mission world, I always say you do not have to be a PhD to ask somebody if they're okay. I love it. Okay. 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 Uh, 
with with all of this then too, um, Kim, now even as, like you said, with, with Katie's mission and your mandate, how are people, if they want to even learn more about your organization, um, yeah, I, I want to let you plug yourself, absolutely, the amount of hard work that you've done. Um, but what other resources would you encourage them to look into? And then I want to ask you about the NLP portion in Life Coach because I do think, especially for me, right, um, if you're driven or you sometimes feel like you're getting stuck, I, I want to be better educated on how you individuals can help free us up or or, or orient or just coach. Um, so first off, I, I want to hear, though, more about what Katie's, Katie's mission is doing uh, before we segue off to that, if that's okay with you. Cool. Okay. So Katie's mission, we offer what we call wraparound services. So with all the funds that we raise, um, we offer counseling services to individuals who either are underinsured, uninsured, or really just need the extra support. Um, a piece of our budget goes towards paying for those um, counseling sessions. And then the other piece of our budget um, is for the back end service where we work directly with the funeral homes and we help pay uh, for those financial services in the funeral environment. So we were able to make a donation just last week to a family who lost their son and brother uh, to suicide. And they were just mind blown that this service was even offered because they were struggling to make just a small little amount of money um, to get his body from the morgue to the funeral home Ugh. to begin the process. So wow. our donation was was able to kind of kickstart that process for them. And they were just like, wow, <laughs> this is awesome. So alongside of that, uh, we're never going to stop showing up. So if you follow us on Facebook at Katie's Mission, uh, you're going to see that we're hosting family uh, fun night, family game night. So this is for all ages, and we're going to do it through Zoom, where we do trivia night. We do Mad Libs, if you remember Mad Libs. Yes, yes. Different things just to get people together and to get you laughing again and to get your mind off of the so heavy stuff if you are climbing up walls. Um We've got family movie night. So next week we're going to be watching a Christmas movie together. Um, and then we also offer weekly support groups virtually. So we do have Canadians who come on with us, people throughout the United States. I don't care where you are. Yes. We're here for you. And so there's a lot of things that you can plug into that are free resources and that are virtual resources. So you, you don't have an excuse. <laughs> No, no. And even it seems like with Katie's mission, you've obviously put a lot of emphasis in continuing to stimulate community. Um, we've, we kind of touched on it, but what if people really downright say to you, Kim, just to segue back briefly, um, I, I have no one. Like legitimately, I have no one. I don't have these friends I can call or text. I don't have these people that I can even reach out to. Um, and this isolation, I don't know if it's shame or guilt or just fear. It could be straight up fear. Um, mm -hmm. I, I, what if they're lacking bravery and they're like, I cannot bear the thought of picking up the phone and trying to call a counselor. But at the same time, how would you reverse them to, again, with the mindfulness and, and your, your, your brain flexes, right? You're building up that muscle, but they're really bottom, bottom line here. Um, is there anything that you would specifically address to them on at least how to try to start to inch towards getting help? Yeah, that's, you know, when you're down and out, sometimes getting up and taking a shower. I know this sounds like, what? Wow. No, 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 no. Go for it. I've been there myself personally. And that is a lot of effort. I mean, if you're really just kind of at that level, I, I encourage you to get up and take a shower because you're going to cleanse your energy, feel renewed. And that mm. might give you a little bit of energy that you need to take that next step. 
So if you need to accomplish things around your house, but it's so overwhelming and it's just a daunting task, set a timer on your phone for maybe 60 seconds and do what you can within that 60 seconds. And little by little, you know, the old cliche saying again, how do you eat an elephant is just one bite at a time. And so as you see these, what I'm going to call the compound effect, little by little things kind of like, Ooh, it makes a big difference. You might find the courage to say, okay, now I'm ready for that next step. And that's okay. Okay. No, then thank you very much. Then I appreciate that. Now, let me, let me ask you this then, Mrs. Life coach, NLP, <laughs> amazing entrepreneur. Let's say now we're ready to flex, okay? Because I think this, there's two sides to this episode for sure. Maybe even three or four or 500. But, you know, let's say we, we've heard your story. We've, we've heard now the realities. And again, I want to make sure people know you can get help and support. Not, I, I'm not just going to say the cliche anytime. It's there for you. We want you to win. That's why Kim and I are on here right now. That's why the Russ Rants podcast exists. That's why Katie's mission exists is because we have to all be in this together. But now let's say you're like, okay, Kim, I, I've gotten I've gotten a bit better. I'm I'm getting healthier, right? I'm flexing those muscles. I want to strike 2021 like a banshee. Love I it. want a bat out of hell mentality. So I I want the floors. What are some places people can if they're like full of piss and vinegar and they don't even know what they can or should be doing right now? Are there any practical steps of how you would organize or help people play to their strengths to charge into 2021? with with triumph or to hit the ground running and make that, progress oh yeah you're speaking my language because i have nothing but piss and vinegar running through my veins come so, on now. let's go oh so okay it's it's uh, as a life coach um i believe that we can't see our own blind spots but if you've got that ramped up and you're like yes what is my next step i'm ready to level up but i don't know what that means i actually offer completely complimentary 30 minute sessions so that anybody can call me, get on my schedule and we can kind of see what hidden barriers have been keeping you stuck. And then we create a strategy and point you in the right direction so that you are matched with your passion, with your energy level, and you have just a complete strategy to walk away with and have that home run. So Ah. that's first and foremost. Okay. Um, Secondly, you know, tap into volunteer work because i think a lot of us what we're looking for is that sense of purpose and that sense of fulfillment and if you're not sure what that looks like try a couple of different things i know that when you know when we were younger and we say we want to try something new we might have had those people surrounding us that roll our eyes and say oh but you already did xyz and that didn't work out that's horrible thought and horrible language yeah And I think that you should be so empowered to go out there and try amazing different things and find your passion. Because once you're aligned with your passion, you give yourself permission to be authentic. And that's when you start Mm. to attract your tribe and in your life just kind of fills with abundance and purpose and just all of the things I love so much from that point. So go try Mm. some things, F it up. Imperfect action is better than no action and just go do it. Oh, oh, I mean, I, it's almost like we were meant to be Kim. <laughs> Honestly, I felt like a broken record these last few months. And I'm sure the listeners can attest to it. Like, Kim, you have no idea. Russell's been lovingly on our case to just grab our head and give it a shake. Let's get some stuff moving here. Um, I, for me personally, I want to, I want to touch on this too. And just in regards to this year, um, again, even alluding to the previous episode with take it back, um, the, the perspective thing is the biggest thing, 
honestly. Um, you're, you can be running on the spot, and I think that that's powerful. Um, I, and like you even said, Kim, in your story, the progression of it's okay to be at bottom level, and then something switched um, when, you, when you had your son, right? Something yep. changed where responsibility. Let's say we don't have the, the child aha parent moment. I've got three kids of my own. Uh, and I get it. I, I get that my life isn't my own, if that sounds cliche enough, right? But it, like it isn't. Um, I owe it in a healthy way uh, t- to my kids, to my wife. But I also feel like I owe it to people around me to to make change, right? To improve, to to, yeah. to steer this forward. Um, especially right now with, with taking it back in 2020 in perspective. Um, would there be anything that you would want to direct to us? Um, final thoughts as well. Um, but for anyone who feels like, oh, but I, you know, Kim, I, I've tried this. Uh, okay, what you've said is nothing I haven't heard from before from other life coaches or other counselors. Uh, you know, I, I, I've heard this before, and people keep saying that 2020 is going to be more hopeful. But here we are, Christmas, and look at all that's been stripped away from me. Um, and yes, I get it. I'll, I'll try to get some stuff better here. But I, I want some final thoughts. Empathetic, compassionate, whatever. Um, but we've only got one life to live. This is but a season. I think it's so powerful how you also continue to say that suicide is a permanent solution to a very temporary problem, okay? For those that aren't even suicidal, uh, but maybe they are discouraged or depressed right now, final shot in the arm, um, how can we move forward? What's next? How do we, we keep our chin up here? And what would be one even one challenge, one practical challenge you would give them, maybe before the end of 2020, just to try to flex their brain or flex their perspective a bit, if you're willing. Okay, cool. So to me, it, it sounds like the person is a little deflated. And let me just say that we need those those bottom times in our life. We need the challenges. We need the adversity. Um, and I like to say, and we're seeing as we're on the cliche train, um, you can't yeah. have a mission without pain. So if you Whoa. recognize that this is a season and that something better and bigger is going to come out of this, that's going to help propel you through the moment. But when you write like pen and paper, you're activating more than six places of your brain. When you text or type, you're only activating two places. So what I would like to encourage you to do is sit down with pen and paper, and I want you to make a timeline of your life. And I want you to document all of the amazing, badass, things and moments that you've done, no matter how small or minuscule you think they are. And then when you look back, you're going to say, holy shit, I am damn good. I'm awesome. I've accomplished a lot. I've got this. And what happens is a lot of time that that exercise right there will reinflate you and kind of get you past this little slump that you're in. I love it. And I love that it's, it's a little slump uh, because I want to acknowledge that too, guys. It's, it's a little slump. Uh, yeah, you might feel a little down, but again, 2021 even is on the horizon. And you'll, though you might say, hey, Russ, we're rolling out the vaccines. Pandemic isn't anywhere close to being over. It's a different season, guys. It's a different It's a different time period. It's a different chapter. Um, so, Kim, where can we find you? Where can we find you for more information? What's your handle, your resources? I am, I am in a nice way. I'm cheating. I'm on your website. I'm checking it out. I'm <laughs> loving it. It's well-organized, laid out here. Um, but please let people know if they want to get involved or if they just want to know more or they even just want to reach out and say, hey, Kim, what you spoke really, really touched on me here, but I'm still having troubles kind of lining up 
uh, X, Y, Z. I can't seem to break through that. How do we reach you? How do we find you? Gosh, I would love to. So there's so many different things, but my website is lifebydesignsolutions.com. When you get on my website, you're going to see a little pop-up that says, hey, take this two-minute quiz. And what that quiz is going to do is it's going to help you find those hidden barriers and I'm going to be able to present you with a personalized action plan. And if you don't want to take that quiz, you can just let go of that window. That's okay. And you're going to see opportunities to hop on my calendar for an NLP uh, consultation or for a 30-minute complimentary discovery call. And again, both of those calls are based to not sell you anything. I'm not that type of person, but I want to see where you're stuck. I want to just kind of like get that ish out of the way and get you off and running. So that's first and foremost. And then of course you can go to katiesmission.org and you can plug into our events and every resource that we have there for you as well. Okay. And again, that's it. Uh, So katiesmission.org. Mm-hmm. And we've got lifebydesignsolutions.com. Are you available on social media? Should anyone decide to follow you? I'm everywhere. So <laughs> I'm literally yes. everywhere. I tweet more than a bird. I'm on Instagram. Um, so if if you look on Facebook and just type Kim Ward, I'll be that big, beautiful, smiling face as you pop up. Love it. Yeah, it is. Perfect. Okay. <laughs> Excellent. No, I want to say it again. Thank you so much, Kim, for being on the Rush Friends podcast. This is exactly uh, the bread and butter that I love is to have different perspective, different people um, coming on here and it, just explaining that it, it it's not only not hopeless, but also everyone is a badass. Mm-hmm. Everyone can kick butt in their own way, but everyone is different. And everyone has a sector that they can touch on that others might not be able to. So the more we have people not sitting on the sidelines anymore, getting engaged, playing the game, and playing to their strengths, the better we're all going to be for it. You're going to change lives. You are changing lives, Kim, on your end. The listeners, I hope you guys know that this Christmas is not going to be a down note. It's going to be a high note. And that you're going to be thankful it happened to you. Like Kim said, I love that. Here, I'm going to bring it up because I have to freaking bring it up again. You can't have a mission without pain. Amazing. So any final thoughts, Kim, before we bid you adieu on this wonderful episode? You're going to come back, though. I'm already writing this down, by the way. This has to happen. Even a check-in, if you're good with it, would just be like, Kim, hey, it's been a while, but we want you to come back and kick our butts in a good way. So any final thoughts? Yeah, no, I know this was a heavy episode and I gave you guys a lot today, but I hope that I hope that you'll take the exercise seriously. Um, you know, one thing that I say with my clients and I am a product of my own product, just so you know, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you if I didn't do the hard yes. work, but, yes. um, you know, we can hang up this call and you can choose to not take action, but then nothing will change for you. So if you wow. decide to do one thing consistently, I want you to watch that compound effect, take action, and um, your life will never be the same if you live by that rule. Ah, ah. Okay. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Seriously, have a Merry Christmas. The times you think, ah, I just, it's just not the same, Russ. This isn't getting any better. Uh, I, it, this just is such a low. Stop. Look for blue in the room. Practice. Practice the little things that can help bolster your thought and thankfulness life. Thank you so much, Kim Ward. Find her, appreciate her, and message her. Tell her thank you in a non-viral way. (laughs) You guys are wonderful. Have a great day, and thank you, Kim. Thank you so much. 
Thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Restaurants Podcast. Feel free to like and subscribe to support. I love hearing from you, so make sure you send me any feedback and show ideas at russrantsreel at gmail.com. You can find me at Twitter at russrants1 and Instagram at russrants. Thanks so much, and I hope to see you next time. Seriously, take care. Bye-bye.